1: looking good
0: yes yes so head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all enjoy your name is alyssa and i live on allison so you must be a good reputable agent match made in heaven they want them to literally be dead they they want you they want them to tell you i have an agent stop calling stop it Someone did better in that negotiation. It's a win-win if you make it to closing. No, it's not. Hi y'all, welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi Alyssa. Hey Katie.
1: Uh, today we are on episode 108, perfect, and it is the hot versus cold. I like to call it the patience podcast. Warm versus cold. It's lead. what podcast? Patience. The patience podcast. Oh, yes. yes, because there's a lot of patience involved in dealing with the hot versus a cold lead. So we're going to talk about warm and cold. Perfect. You said you had
0: a good story. I did want to open this up with a story. Also a little background on why I felt like we needed to cover this episode. So we just retouched on database mm-hmm. and who goes in your database and how some agents are like, oh, I have 5,000 people in my database. Right. But a lot of people are, whenever they get online leads, they have a system and it automatically puts everybody into their quote unquote database. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, if you don't know them, if you've never met them and you don't know anything about them, they should not be in your database. Like your right. database, your database is your sacred place mm-hmm. where you put people that, you know, right. And we talked about it because it's last, the last episode, we
1: talked about who right. should be on it. How do you qualify them and who should not be on it? So we've kind of covered that.
0: Yes. So I think that this is a really good follow-up episode to that. I agree. Um, I will say probably the last two years, I have been giving away more of the cold leads. Okay. So I don't pay for like realtor.com or Zillow leads or anything like that. I mean, I'm an endorsed Dave Ramsey realtor. So I do have they someone goes to his website. Yes. They yeah. want to know someone that has been through his course. So anyways, but if I get a random message from Zillow that says you have received someone asking about your listing, I usually forward it to my assistant. Okay. Right? Um, I'm just at a place in my business now where my time is better served working people that I know and yeah. trust in that word, direct referrals, right. Uh, because it's much less time consuming. Yeah. And my assistant is just really good at cold leads. Like you right. can just talk to Love them it. and make a, make a connection really quickly. Okay. So that being said, I get this call last week. Okay, And it was an, a sweet older lady and she's okay. like, hey, Alyssa, I'm calling about your house in on Main Street and I'm really interested in it. I do need to sell my house first. And she just sounded nice. And so I'm like, OK, great. I, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm not that busy right now. I, like, I could." Can- I got you. I think I'm going to give this a try. It's been a long time since I really worked just like a random cold lead. You're like, am I still good at this? Let's try. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of like excited about it. So we talk and she talks and she talks and I'm like, I know everything. I know all about her house. Okay. So this is funny too. She said, I all, I said, by the way, um, if you have, because she had mentioned that there was a realtor that she was friends with that she did not feel comfortable using. And I said, um, do you mind me asking, like, did I know you called on my listing, but you seem to know a lot about me. And she said, well, I did research you before I called okay. um, and I feel comfortable using you because your name is Alyssa and I live on Allison. <laughs> okay. Whatever and works. I said, oh, so that was the qualifying factor. Good thing, like, you put, yes. good thing you put all those reviews online. Right, right, right. Yeah, not <laughs> n- didn't look at the reviews, didn't care about the resume, right. was like, your name is Alyssa and I live on Allison. So you must be a good, reputable agent. Match made in heaven. Yes. So she's, you know, I'm spending a lot of time listening and listening okay. and listening and um. She says, I need to know what to do to get my house on the market. So I'm like, no problem. I have this email that will help you. So I send her the pre-listing email Okay. and, um, you know, it has the checklist and it has my resume Not that matters because my name's Alyssa and that's good enough. That's all she needed. Yes. Okay. So then she tells me that she's going to get pre-approved because I told her, I said, look, I can't show you any houses until we get the pre-approval done. And she said, okay, well, I bank at this bank. And I said, oh, I actually know the lender at that bank. Great. I'm her that, you know, me. So she told me she's going on Thursday. Okay. So I'm following up, you know, I have her on my calendar to follow up. It's like on it's, Thursday. It's I'm time. Like, right. I'm like, Hey, how did it go? Oh, well, I had to reschedule. And so then she's emailing me houses. And uh-uh. I said, you know, can't do this. Yeah. That looks like it would be a great option. Let me know what the lender says and we'll see. Uh, Hmm. and she's like, Oh yeah, I don't want to go see anything until I'm pre-approved because I don't want anybody in my house. If they're not pre-approved, I I don't like where this is. I do not like where this is going. She's just right. Okay. I'm spending and keep in mind, I'm spending a lot of time here. I'm taking, she calls a lot. She's like y'all are besties. uh, she's calling me all the time and I'm responding to her emails and I'm being very responsive. Mind you. Okay. I am. You're like over the I top, over the top being patient. Like I'm going to work this cold lead. Cause I haven't worked the cold lead in six years. Not really. Three. Years, Not really. Years. Okay. So on Sunday oh after church, I checked my email. I don't do a lot of checking on Sunday cause I'm usually like with the kids and stuff, but right. I had an email from her at 6 AM and it was a house. And then at 8 AM, she said, you know, I, we really need to figure out what my house is worth before I meet with the lender. So that when I go meet the lender, I can have an idea. Okay. That's of fair. What I'm getting back. So I can tell her. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Then there was a third email from that her. I was like, yes. So then there was a third email that was like, I really need a uh, CMA. ASAP so that I can schedule my meeting with the lender. Then the fourth and final email was like three hours later. And she said, Alyssa, I have decided to go in another direction. The way that you have operated is unacceptable. I should have received a CMA by now. Right, And she just asked that day. Yeah. Like two hours
1: ago, were you like, I just,
0: I literally had to laugh and I, I just smiled and said, well, I'm so sorry that I have disappointed you. I do pride myself on working and I have spent a lot of time answering questions and going over the process with you, but I'm sorry that we were not a good fit and best of luck. Goodbye. And it just made me go, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do it. Why? why? It was the great, like for three days straight, I was trying to work this lady just to see if I could, I mean, my Lord, I just didn't <laughs> want to. That was
1: bizarre. I don't that in my life. No, you don't need that in your life. It's a Sunday and all of a sudden you're not going to talk to the lender on Sunday. Anyway, something else was going on there.
0: No, no. So who knows? That's the thing. You don't know what you're getting into. You don't know them. You don't know them at right. all. Right. You know nothing about them. No, you know nothing. nothing about
1: anything. No, no. Okay. So in your original I love that. That's ridiculous first of all. And
0: not surprising. Like she just came into my life, consumed 3 days, and then insulted me and then exited but wait here's the real irony that's how they almost always
1: exit if you've made like a connection and you talk a couple of times and then all of a sudden they don't like how fast you move and then they're like you know boo on you you suck and I'm out of here because I'm gonna go find the next person that I like their name and they you know or on the internet. Like they don't, they don't care. They don't care about you because they don't know you and they don't trust you. And they don't like you because you never even got a chance to meet her, even though you did get to talk to her, which is better than most online leads. Right. So I guess part of the problem in last week, we talked about the difference between prospect and a lead and a database person. And like, I hate the word lead. I mean, like, I don't hate, hate it, but it's just not my favorite. We've talked about this before. It's not my favorite. I feel like there's a lot of talk of lead generation. How are you getting your leads? And it just turns people into dollar signs for me. And I just, like, I don't know. It feels like you're working with quantity and not quality, right? Yes. So, and we've talked about it a million times, working with your database is much different than working with these types of lead generating leads because if you knocked or cold called or worked expireds or withdrawns or, you know, worked for sale by owners or got internet leads from a million different sources, they don't, they don't have any reason to trust you because they didn't come to you with any, like, not like they weren't a referral, right? They weren't a past client. They didn't know anything about you. Um, Okay. So you asked in your email, why are cold leads hard? So why would you say that they are hard?
0: Loyalty. There is no loyalty. You have to work extra hard to build a relationship from scratch. Scratch. And I feel like it's even harder for people who struggle to be salesy, if you will, because yeah. you kind of have to be, you have to be, you have, you have to, to be salesy quickly. And most random, I mean, most of the general public
1: can see through that. So they know when you're trying to sell them and that Immediately turns them off, and they have no reason to trust you as a stranger that you're not trying to sell them. So, like you're building, you're coming from a negative position in trust, right?
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, so, I did make a note. Obviously, I think that this is a quality versus quantity. And I started off my career on phone duty and online yeah. leads. I mean, I did. I had a sphere. I was from here but i just didn't work it like i should have or even i mean think about it probably for the first year and um they turn at such a low rate do you know what an online and back then even the online leads were a fresh new thing i mean that was 2006 okay um okay. They, there was no zillow didn't even exist um, but online leads, they would say, okay, these are going to turn at about five, four to 5%. And they still, I mean, for years would say online leads will turn at about four to 5%. Okay. I went and looked at that. You think that's low? Wait till you hear this. It says um, the conversion rate of online leads is usually and widely reported as two to 3%. However, NAR, so the National Association of Realtors, said the rate is actually 0.4 to 1.2. So for an online lead or a lead generated by means that wasn't repeat referral, database driven, it would take you 100 leads to get one sale.
0: Imagine what you could do with that time.
1: Time. And the money and the money, because what, if you're paying for a lead generation system, that's pay per lead, or, you know, it it costs money They're like, Oh, you're going to have X impressions or X leads or whatever the case may be. It costs a lot of money to get that one sale. So then you're working harder, you're working longer. And those leads typically are seeing, let's just say, for instance, on your Zillow, they see three agents on the side of the screen, right? Those three agents paid to be on that zip code for however many impressions. If the first person at the top or whoever's picture they liked the best, the lead calls and says, hey, I would like to see this house. If they can't go at that moment or when they want to go, they just go to the next picture person. They don't care. You, you cannot build the rapport fast enough in that phone call. Well, just think about what you have to do when you get your Dave Ramsey lead. There's two other people who are going to get the same name. You have to build rapport in one phone call. Do you know what your conversion rate is on those?
0: I have an 11% conversion rate. I mean, that's really good. Really good compared to a, and they are cold leads, but they do feel some sort of trust because I have taken Financial Peace University. So So you commonality
1: you have a stamp of approval from someone that they do trust
0: yes is so i think. do think but even with that 11 percent, while much better than mm-hmm. zillow is still very low compared to all of my other business sources
1: right right so if you have a hundred people in your database and your hundred people know a hundred people they could potentially refer you to That's 10,000 people. Now they're not all going to move. They're not all going to move this year, but all you have to have is 100 people in your database and you have access to 10,000 people.
0: Yeah. So a lot of our listeners um, are newer listeners and they may be working some cold leads, some phone duties. Yeah. Um, You mentioned, you said something a minute ago where you said, you know, sometimes you don't feel like you were necessarily working the cold leads like you should have. I feel the same way. When I was new, I felt like looking back, I feel like I could have had a better system for that. Yeah, Yeah. And I told my assistant when she started, when she became licensed, um, two years ago, three years ago, I said, listen, what I did not do is when I was on phone duty and all this stuff, I was not writing everyone down in one place. Yeah, I was trying to remember people in my brain. That never works never works. So I told her, I said, just start writing down the names in your Trello. So make a like phone duty Trello column. Yeah. That's that you're like, Oh, that person. Mm-hmm. And I said, you will be amazed at how many people you have actually talked to. to. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she couldn't believe once she started tracking it. But yeah. here's the thing. We do spend a lot of time on that first phone call. I'm just using phone duty as an example right now. Yeah. Well, so we know they called you duty. off of a sign, right? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. So that first phone call, when you don't know them and they don't know you, I felt like I still to this day I try to make that conversation somewhat lengthy. Well, yeah. You know, if yeah. They're gonna keep talking. I'm gonna keep talking. I'm always gonna ask follow up questions. questions. Oh, did you call because this is the area that you're looking in? where do you live now? Do you own? Oh, you rent. When is your lease up? Okay. That's perfect. Have you talked to anyone about your budget yet? Um, just, I'm trying to keep them going Mm -hmm. to make that. Okay. So let's say I invest 20 minutes in a phone call and then we hang up and I never follow up. I wasted that 20 minutes. Yeah. So if you're keeping track of all the cold leads that you have actually connected with on the phone, I feel like if you do get that initial phone connection, the second connection is more important than the first at this point, because it's like you have one more chance to really let them know, oh, this person is calling me again. Let's build a relationship here. You're going to be my agent Yeah. versus you telling them, well, just let me know. They're never going to call you back. No, they won't even remember your number. Right. I feel like a lot of agents put a lot of um, pressure on that first phone call and doing it really well, but then they drop the ball with follow-up. Okay.
1: I think, yes, that makes sense to me. So there's two things here. One, you should really work hard on that first phone call because if you don't do it right, you don't get a follow-up at all. You won't even know they're phone number, their email, anything to follow up. And then yes, you have obviously then would have to follow up appropriately. If you talk to someone who you have the good fortune, they maybe wanted to know what their home was worth and you got their address, you send one handwritten note. Hey, it was great talking to you on the phone. Here is a print copy of the CMA that I already sent you in the email or whatever. That's so impactful to that cold lead, right? Like not only did we have a decent chat, you seem like you know what you're talking about, but now all of a sudden you've sent me a note, like you went out of your way, right? Because it really takes more effort to create that lasting impression and build that relationship with a cold lead because they have no point of reference on you. They don't know who you are. So I made a note that there's a difference, you know, between lead generation and relationship building, right? So if you're working your database, you're trying to build relationships. If you're working leads, you're just trying to get in a large quantity of people to see who will turn. And the other problem, and the reason why I wanted to call this the Patience Podcast is that when you're getting a cold lead, I, I found the, the actual number, how long, so how much time does it take to convert online real estate leads? So cold leads, online real estate leads, six, to 24 months. Oh my God. So now, not only are you only turning one in 100, so we have to get a whole bunch of them, two, you've got to have them and wait for them for six to 24 months. They're yeah. not, they're on occasion, you're going to get the one that calls and says, I need to see the house right now. And then they want to buy that. Fine. Okay. It happens. But this is what this article was actually from Boomtown. So Boomtown is one of the arguably largest online lead generators, right? I mean they make making- yeah. a <laughs> This is what, this was from April of 2021. And the article was called, how long does it take to convert online real estate leads? So it said six to 24 months. And then they kind of go on with some tips, like you need to leverage automation and your systems once you get the online lead in. So I agree. First phone call is key, but what if you've got an online lead or someone who you didn't even get the chance to talk to, right? So you have them, they've come into your you know world in some way you do whatever it is that you do. Put them on an MLS search or they're set up on whatever system you have in place with if you're using a lead provider, you have to automate it because you cannot follow up with 100 people to get one sale. It's physically impossible. There's not enough time in the day for you to follow up with 100 people to get one sale over six to 24 months. No, yeah. No, Mm -hmm. no. But I will tell you, okay, for instance, um, I, in my last website, I set up a lot of SEO searches. So, searches specific to a neighborhood. And you will appreciate SEO this. SEO is search engine optimization. So, let's, and we're not going to get deep into this, but let's say you have a website where you want to Google um, homes for sale in Maplewood Estates. Well, I would set up a page that would hit for that instead of just real estate in Prairieville, it would be homes for sale in Maplewood Estates, like we're getting really specific. Right. Okay. So it's called a long tail search. Very, very specific. So I had tons and tons and tons of these pages that were neighborhood related. Okay. So maybe you would Google and come to that page and you would go and become an online lead because you had to put in your name and your email to see the rest of the photos, right? This is a common right. way they do it in real estate websites. Uh I, if I would get a lead in, you know, I would get the alert to my email. I, you also, you have to follow up with these people ASAP. If they don't hear from you, you might as well just pretend like it never happened. Right. But if someone came in on Maplewood estates where I was physically living, I would immediately call, or if they didn't have a phone number, email them. I had a client who came in that way and I didn't follow up with every online lead that way. I would you know oh well this neighborhood i know a lot about so i picked up the phone and i said hey you know lady who just registered on my website i see you're looking at maplewood estates i actually live in the neighborhood did you have any questions about anything that you saw and she's like you know we really love that neighborhood and and so it was a more genuine exchange because yeah, she, saw she saw that lot had a commonality call every single person that was an online lead and say, I live in your neighborhood. Cause that would be a lie first of all, but I didn't also have the type of knowledge I had on that neighborhood. So it was, and do you know what? I sold her a house, but I got probably, yeah, yes. In Maplewood. Wow. For sure. And I, and I will tell you, I probably got 30 online leads that month. She was the only one I called,
0: hmm. but I only had you called.
1: Yeah. She was the only one I called now most of them just had an email, but I didn't email them specifically. They got stuck on a search and they were in the system and they're getting some canned newsletter newsletter and I didn't work them. Right. Because I'm busy working right. my actual business. But her, I was like, well, hey, I would like to sell in my own neighborhood.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to the first call. Okay. Yes, please. You get a signed call. Even if you're an experienced agent, you still get signed calls. How does that conversation go for you?
1: Um, One, I feel like within. Okay, I also got this. First impressions over the phone happen in seven seconds. Oh my lord! You have a seven seven second first impression. Okay, so someone calls you on your listing, right? hey, this is Katie. How can I help you? You know, whatever. Hey, this is Katie. Um, hi, I'm sitting in front of, um, I don't know, this stream main street. Like, I don't know. I don't know where I, I am. They never know where they are. I'm like, what is, what does it look like? Like, tell me something. Oh, which street are we on, honey? I'm like, and then they will be like blue. Sh- I'm like main street. And they're like, yeah, main street. And I'm like, okay, well, how can I help you? Well, we'd like to know how much main street is. Just like they're judging me in the first seven seconds, somewhere in the first seven seconds, I typically know they're not, they don't want to talk to me. Right. They're like, "Mm, this ain't going to work. But if I can hold them long enough to be like, okay, sure. Let me look that up for you. That is a new listing. Or I try to give them one detail while I'm searching for the next detail. Right. Because the whole point is you have to hold them hostage on the phone. Right. If you give them, if you answer the phone and they say, I'm sitting in front of Main Street and I need to know about it. And you say, oh, yes, Main Street is three bedroom, two bath. It is $250,000 and it's been listed for one day and it is 1800 square feet. They're going to be like, bye. Thanks. Bye. Right. Well, so then I'm like, okay. Um, Oh, yes. You know, it is um, a three bedroom, two bath. And then you have to say, is that what you're looking for? And then they would say, yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay. Um, Are you in the area or like, do you like questions, 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 right? Oh. And then they're waiting. They're like, oh, well, how much is it? Oh, well, it's $250,000. Is that in your budget? Have you spoken to, you know, a lender? Like you just got to ask questions, right? Yeah. But I, I think there's typically a turning point for me in a phone call where I know they want to talk to me or they don't want to talk to me. And I'm yeah. not trying to harass people who call me if you just want to know how much it is. And I can sense that you don't want to answer my question about why you're driving by or if you live in the area or, you know, you're just not open and, and receptive of that. I'm just going to be like, here's the information. Goodbye. It is okay to cut your losses. I, I you just, don't want to
0: work with everybody.
1: No. And, and it's, it shouldn't be that much work. And I will tell you, here's a great story of a phone call. I get lots of sign. Do you get a lot of sign calls? I have. Yeah. It's almost shocking to me that still in 2021, I probably get the same amount of sign calls that I got in 2006. I mean, like it, it's just, and it's not a lot. It's not a lot. I mean, people mostly know how to find the information themselves. I mean, they, you can sit in front of a house on realtor app and, and they'll tell you how much it is. Sure. You don't need me, but I got a sign call. I was in my office that day. I answered the phone and I said, and that's the key to sign calls. If you don't answer your phone, they probably aren't going to leave a message. They'll just figure it out on their own. Right. I caught, I caught a sign call. He was calling about my listing and I don't remember exactly how the conversation went down, but he said something. And I said, Oh, um, your kids must go to XYZ school. Cause he said something about getting on this bus route. And I said, Oh, your kids go to blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, mm-hmm. like just that one. He, then he realized I knew that area and it was close right. to where I live, which is why I knew, which is why I'm such an advocate for being um, specific in your geographic Niche, because you can't have the knowledge about every single not an area like we are. Maybe in a smaller town or place, like you couldn't. But I don't, I don't claim to know everything about every part of Baton Rouge, right? I just don't. But the part I'm in, I know a lot about. So when I said that, it immediately disarmed him. He was like, "Oh, well, yes, they are at that school." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, the bus goes through X Y Z neighborhood and this one nearby." And you know, are you just looking in that neighborhood? And then it. It started an authentic conversation that then led to us working together. And I sold him a house and I sold the house he lived in. And he was a sign call. And it all came from me saying, he said something about being on a bus route. And I said, oh, your kids go to X, Y, Z. That's all it took. He was like one piece of
0: information.
1: That's it. But that's why I think it's key for you to study and have knowledge
0: of your market.
1: It it could have also worked if he said, I'm interested in this house, but, oh, you know, we looked at one around the corner in open house. I'm like, if you had said, oh, you did, is it the one with the red shutters and the cute pool in the back? And he would have been like, dang, you really know this neighborhood because I didn't call you about that house, but you knew about it. Right. Having knowledge is power in this business. And that's what makes, that is what builds rapport with a cold lead. Oh, well, you Mm -hmm. seem credible because you know what you're talking about.
0: Right. Right. Hello friends, we are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business.
1: Yes, listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information knowledge in template form. So far I've used a handful and received positive feedback like this is so professional or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine?
0: Yeah. Your clients it's all are actually going to
1: say that. <laughs> yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. (laughs) I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is gonna make it so nice. That is
0: what we're here for. No, just
1: look, you don't need to
0: reinvent the wheel. Just use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com. Slash course. Slash course. And check it out. That's right. And you're going to enjoy them. You're going to love them. going to love gonna it. It's going to change your life. Literally fired <laughs> my assistant.
1: They are the best. <laughs>
0: hey, enjoy bye, the
1: template. Yes, enjoy. All right. What do you do on the phone to, to get them to talk to you?
0: Um, I immediately start asking questions. And I try to be like overly friendly in my voice and smile when I talk. Oh, I like that you're like... I may not be fluffy via email and text, but on the phone or in person, you're fluffing it up. I'm, I'm pretty, but I'm, I love it. Person anyway, so like if I'm talking to you, you're excited. I am excited, and I could talk forever. If I'm emailing or texting you, it's just like easier for me to be quick with my typing. You know, I love that. That's a good point, though. That's just my, yeah. It's I'm, I'm not dry in person as much as I am. No, I would never have called you dry. Right. So if I get a phone call, hey, Alyssa, I'm calling about the house on Main Street. Oh, awesome. Yes. Let me look up that information for you. Um, Are you looking in that area? That's always my first question. Are you looking in that area just to get them talking? And then they're like, oh, yeah, kind of. We're not really sure. And then I say, Okay, well, that house is 200,000. Is that kind of what you were thinking it would be. Oh, no, I was thinking (laughs) it would be more like 150. I'm like, like, Oh, "Oh." yeah, no, that one's not 150. But is that the budget that you were trying to stay in? Um, Yeah, I was thinking 150 would be where I was trying to stay in. Okay, awesome. Well, do you have anybody that's been helping you on your home search? I always try to avoid. Do you have an agent? Oh, I like that. Have you been pre-approved? Do you have an agent? Don't use scary terms. I try not to. I try to, and I just try to say it very casually. Do you have someone that's been helping you on your home search? Oh, I love that. No, not really. We've just kind of been looking around and calling the sign. And I say, no problem. I definitely understand that. Um, Where do you live now? And then they say where they live now. And I say, "Uh, do you own there or are you renting? They're usually renting. Okay. Um, at which I follow up with, when is your lease up? And they say, oh, it's up in October. And I say, okay, perfect. So I'm getting like information I need. Right. And then if they own, I say, okay, how long have you owned your home? Um, how long have you lived there? Do you do you need to sell before you buy? Right. And they're usually like, well, we would like to, but we don't have to. And then the conversation just keeps going. And I always lead into, have you talked to anybody yet about your budget for the new home? Okay. AKA, have you been pre-approved? Right. Well, not really. I mean, I have a banker I was going to call and y'all, I know a lot of agents struggle here and I don't know why I don't, but I have no problem kind of diving into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I say, Well, I definitely don't want to overwhelm you on this first phone call, but might I advise that instead of going to a bank, you talk to a local lender, I think you would be surprised at the difference in the fees. Yeah. And then they're kind of like, Oh, really? You know, it and it really just takes practice and I think it's that I over I'm very confident talking about this. This is in my so, notes. Confidence yeah, in it general. Off, it's genuine. I sound knowledgeable. I'm telling you things you don't know. Right. Um, And it just keeps the conversation going. Yeah. And um, they're like, oh, really? And I'll, you know, depending on what they ask, I just keep going. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It just flows. Um, It just flows. And by the end of it, I know where they live, if Mm -hmm. they are working with someone, if they've been pre-approved. Um, what area they're looking in, what they think their price range is. I know everything I need to know from a quick 60 to 120 second conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty quick to get through that. Uh, yes, uh, but, but I do think knowing if they have had someone helping them in their home search and have they talked to anyone about budget, those are the two questions that so you have to every do every single phone call, every single it. time. yep. Um, and then after we get off the phone, I share my contact with them, which has my business card photo on it mm-hmm. and say, this is my contact. If you want to save it, if you see any other houses that you have questions about, I have access to all the houses. Oh. So just let me know, um, mm-hmm. if you see anything, I can help answer any questions you may have. And then I might ask them for their email address. Um, I did. This was actually inspired through the Dave Ramsey stuff because I was having trouble for a while. My ratio like dipped down and I was what like, was the oh, reason? Oh. I, I don't really know. Um, I think that they had, ha- they had brought on more agents and I oh. think the newer ones were still really like gung ho to be new. <laughs> and I think I had gotten a little bit too relaxed with my follow-up. Yeah. So I made a short video okay. um, of myself in my office Love um, it. and it's very vague. Okay. It's, 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 it can be used no matter what real, the real call is, okay. but it basically just says, Hey, thank you so much for reaching out. My okay. name Alyssa and I grew up in Baton Rouge and I live in Prairieville. So those are the two areas I work the most. I would be more than happy to help you with your real estate needs. Let me know when is a good time to talk. It's really short and it doesn't say buy or sell. Yeah. Because I could send it to either lead. If you will, it puts a face with a name and I usually send it with a text message. Okay. I'll send it to their cell after I have called. Okay. They didn't answer and I have to leave a voicemail. I'll usually send this video and then I'll say, hey, I basically type kind of what it says in the okay. video. Okay. All right. Like, hey, it's Alyssa. I just left you a voicemail and wanted to send over this video. Okay. Um, I'd be happy to help you. Just let me know what your schedule is like.
1: Oh, perfect. Is that working?
0: Um, It is working.
1: How do you host um, the video? Like- you just send it in the text message.
0: Yeah, I just text it. I literally did it on my phone okay. with a selfie tripod thing got it um it, it doesn't have it's not a professional video yeah it's I did it once t- I took it one time and was like well that looked good it's, good it's, enough. it's very because I wanted it to be relatable I didn't want it to be this stuffy overly yeah. fancy video um and I just have it saved in my phone and every time I get a Dave Ramsey lead or a sign call I just send it if they like if sometimes I do have a voicemail And it's someone that called a sign. And when I call back, they don't answer. And then I'll send them the video. Okay.
1: I like it. So the video, though, is really for someone who didn't answer the phone.
0: Yeah, because I always call first. Okay. And if I call them, they don't need a video of me saying, hey, but it it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a secondary video. Yeah. Just says, hey, I'm really glad we got to chat and connect today. I wanted you to be able to put a face with a name. Here's my cell phone number. If you oh, save it. Yeah, that's good. The end. You, you better know, I think having two rewards would be good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Sure.
0: Okay. So on that first call, from what we've talked about so far, mm-hmm. I have keep them talking by asking questions. Okay. You must ask: Do they have a agent or a lender? Mm-hmm. However, you want to ask that question. Yeah. You need to send them your contact via text after, okay. Like a follow-up text. Okay. See if you can get their email. Okay. Handwrite them a card.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: have a video ready to go. Okay. And then set them up on a search. Great. Anything else on that first call that you think is really important? Um, if they
1: told me what their address was, I would maybe consider sending the CMA as a value follow-up in case, you know, I'm trying to convince them to use me, but, you know, they didn't necessarily request it or it just kind of gives you something to be like, here you go. I have more information. Right. But I also give that like a, you know, really broad range. They still feel like they have to reach out to me to find out that I'm not going to be like your house is worth 255. Right. I'm gonna be like, it's between two twenty and two sixty, and let me come by and see it and we'll, you know, whatever, or just here's
0: what's going on in your neighborhood. Other than that, we've done all that. Okay. Okay. I'm like really proud because this has happened to me more than once. I'm really proud of how that conversation went. And then it did not send them my contact information. I tell them to let me know. I see if they need anything. Then what? Like what point do you follow up with them? Again, like the next day. I have a
1: question. How do you qualify them if they're warm or cold? Just by having a conversation with them, are they warm or does it depend on the time range? They told you like, oh, we're buying in six months or we're buying right now or we're listing in a year. Like, how do you decide if they're warm or cold?
0: Well, I think I'm defining warm or cold by where they came from. Okay. Because that's going to dictate our rela- our loyalty and our relationship. Okay. So no matter how the phone call went, whether they were ready to buy right now or they're trying to buy in a year, you're still a cold lead because you came from the sign and I don't know you at all. Okay. So to me, the time frame isn't necessarily qualifying you as, because a hot lead could equally hang up the phone with you and call another agent just as quickly as a cold lead. Could. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But... Um, It will determine how I follow up, I guess. Okay. So after you're better at follow-up. So tell
1: me, what do you do after day one phone call? I probably only set them on an MLS search and said, maybe I would put a calendar note for like, if they said it was a month out or two months or like, you know, check back in at some date, but I'm not day two
0: doing anything, honestly. Right. So you definitely need to write them down somewhere. Okay. Okay um, whether it's on your calendar as to when you need to check in, if you can get an email address, I think maybe sending them the pre-approval needed template that just that we have that just says, you know, Hey, I'm so glad we got to talk on the phone. As I mentioned on the phone, it is a crazy market and sellers are requiring pre-approval letters. Let me know if you need some suggestions. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a good idea to maybe. I do think So in the Dave Ramsey stuff, they want you, they're like the next day, you have to like reach out one more time. Like that first, that first week to keep them Mm -hmm. is the most important after that it's, you know, if you go three days, they've probably called another sign.
1: Yeah.
0: But if they see, oh, wow, this is the girl I talked to yesterday and she just sent me three lenders that she likes. Yeah. They know maybe she's here to stay. So that mm-hmm. first week we are trained to be like super heavy on the follow-up the first week yeah. after the first week, if you haven't followed up there, you're they're probably already gone. And all that time you spent on that first phone call is probably a loss at yeah. that point. Um, so I guess it really depends how your phone call goes. If you can find a way in that phone call to say, would you like me to send you a couple of local lenders? Um, But you really need their email yeah. much, you know, and then if they're not responding to the email, you do need to shoot a text later that says, Hey, just wanted to make sure you got my email with the lenders. Let me know if you have any questions, right? If you get a fees worksheet, send it my way. I'd be happy to review it for you. I know I talk a lot about the fees worksheet. Yes. I, I am such like a advocate for it. Because I feel like the lender is really step one of this whole process for sure. And they're so scared. Like Mm -hmm. the the cold leads are so scared of talking to a lender and actually getting serious about the process. Right. Because if they're calling signs or coming through phone duty or whatever, the likelihood of them being super serious right now, isn't always there, but by the conversation with you, you get them comfortable to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So me saying, look, I I know that there's a lot of, you know, lender jargon that is hard to understand sometimes. So if you want to just ask for a fees worksheet and send it to me, I'd be happy to let you know if it looks right. If there's anything that looks out of place, is there a fee that doesn't seem like it should be on there? You know, I look at these all day long and I would be happy to help you. Yeah. If you don't know how to read a fees worksheet, that's okay. Because when you get one from them, you can just send it to the, your preferred lender and say, hey, do you mind just skimming this and let me know if there's an opportunity to save them money here yeah. based on this worksheet, at which point you can go back and say, hey, um, this looks good. However, compared to another local lender, it looks like there could be a $1,500 savings. Yeah. So finding a way to provide them value Usually, in the form of helping them get with the lender because that's step one. Right. And you can't do anything until no. you get to step one. So no. You really have to gain confidence, encouraging them and explaining to them why meeting with a lender is important. Yeah. So, I think that my first follow up usually looks like Hey, did you have any questions about the lenders? Did you want me to go with you? Um, any questions about the process? But you know where I do struggle sometimes? Let's hear it. it. I send the follow-up email that Mm -hmm. says, hey, here's the lenders. Let me know how it goes. Like we think people are going to respond to us. Right. Like it's kind of out of my brain because I did my part. I did my follow-up. The ball's out of my court. But if I'm working cold leads and that's my source of business. You got to be more aggressive. I have to be more aggressive and do it again and check in with them. Maybe two days later. They say like a good method is the first day you call one day later. The second time you call two days later. The third time you call three days later. So each time it gets a little more spaced out, but it's still very consistent. But you better have a system for tracking that if cold leads are your. Business. Okay, that's that's where I want to cut in. I believe I have even heard
1: someone describe that method, and maybe you've said it before. They are going to have to tell you to stop calling in order for you to stop that process. So if you work cold leads and you are on the day one call, day two call, three days out, or whatever you're, you know, they're going to be 10 calls and someone's going to have to tell you to stop calling. I just would like to point out that's work. It's time consuming and you have to stick with it or it's not going to, your turn ratio is going to be even lower than the 1%. Right, And you could have taken all those phone calls that you made and called someone from your database that sent you a referral before. Like, I just think that working cold leads doesn't make time or financial sense. It, it, now I'm not saying if a someone called me off a sign, I'm gonna do everything I can to catch them. But at the sure. same time, it's a one for me, it's a one phone call chance. Like if we hit it off and it made and sense, is. then you get, And now, no matter if, if we got on a phone call and you gave me your email, you're getting an MLS search, which means you're gonna see my picture on your search. Hopefully I got enough details like you do to make it a meaningful search better than what they're right. getting. But right. that's it. That's all you're getting from me because it, my time is better served and following up with, first of all, good service for my current clients. If you do, if I do well with you, then you'll just send me referrals or following up with my database. So if you have time and you want to work these, then I think, yes, you got to be aggressive and have a system in place and follow it you know, every time. But if you're getting a hundred leads to get one, Melissa, you couldn't even... It's yeah, not... I mean, it, this is... This is is a very super time consuming. Okay. I have the question from your original notes. How, how do you foster loyalty in a cold lead? How do you Alyssa foster loyalty in a cold lead?
0: I think it's just about letting them know why they need you and being able to provide the value such as let me help you with the fees worksheet. Let me explain why the interest rate isn't the most important thing to look for, when you're talking to a lender let me explain why a local lender is better than your bank which most people think well i bank here so i'm going to yeah. go there they're going to give me some preference to you mm-hmm. yes and like let telling them things they don't know makes them go oh and i hear this i always know i've been successful when they go that makes sense oh <laughs> because it, it it lets me know i have said something they're like hey no you're very smart. Okay, great. Great. That makes sense. I have found anytime they say that makes sense. I have made a decent connection. Yeah. um, And that they're listening, you know, they're hearing what I'm saying. So it's all about providing value. um, And I think that if you can't get their email address, you are going to have a really hard time Following up with them because you're limited to the phone and who wants someone calling and texting them all the time? No. You know, no, no, no. So even if you can't get their email on that first phone call, you could say, Hey, you could text them and say, Hey, I actually was doing a search in that area, and there is a house for 150. Um, do you want me to email it to you? What's your email address? Yeah, I think I think to get their email address, you need to tell them why you need it. Not yeah. just, hey, what's your email address? No, no, it no, needs you need to send them either, You know, if it's a seller, hey, I'm going to send over that market analysis that we talked about on the phone. What's your email? Right. Hey, there are a few houses in the price range you mentioned in that area. What's your email? Mm -hmm. You need to have a way to get their email. You know, what's Um, worked
1: for me recently, if it's a sign call and it's I put the sign out the day of the photos and it's not in the MLS till the next day. You tend to get the most sign calls when they can't figure out anything about the house. Right. Like, well, wait, it's not online yet. It's very easy to get an email when you say, I'll send you the photos as soon as I have them. Uh, And then they're like, oh, sure, here's my email. Or if they call and they ask you questions about your listing and you say, "Um, I have all that on the property disclosure, or I have a copy of the utilities or something that you need to get to them that you would require an email address for, right? Yeah. All those things work.
0: I think that's really good.
1: Okay. One thing,
0: so I was in a... uh, like a group call. Mm -hmm. And this guy was like, um, so when working these cold leads, you know, they, they do coach us to be very aggressive. And they don't always,
1: they don't make money unless you
0: turn them. Right. So once you know, someone's not going to work with you in the system, you mark them as dead, (gasps) like they're a dead lead. You're dead to me. they're a dead lead. They're not coming back. They will never need your help, but they want us to take that very seriously before we delete them from the database. Like, like they want you to, they want them to literally be dead. They, they want you, they want them to tell you, I have an agent. Stop calling. Stop it. Okay. Well, this young, eager guy was on the call and he was like, Yeah, there's this lady that we've been talking and she keeps telling me that, you know, she's just not quite ready and that she doesn't need any help, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep calling her. And, and like the lady was like, wait, the, 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 um, leader of the call was like, wait, 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 we really don't want that. Yeah. Like that's, if they do not want your help, do not be that agent. Please leave them alone. Please like, but I think that there are so many coaching programs out there and like classes that well, they're, tell you they're based to call that person a hundred times and yeah, but it's like harassment. Well, okay, thank point. you. That that system is based on wearing down
1: the 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 client, the, the customer, whatever. We're, we're gonna wear this lead down until they hate us or they use us. Now who wants right. to live that life?
0: No, I don't want you to hate me. I feel like that's the method that hurts the realtor brand. Exactly. You don't have a way to provide value to that person. Stop calling them. Yeah. Leave them alone. Yeah. Um, I want to
1: revisit patients if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I just closed on a sale last week. It was an online lead. It's the first one I've closed in a while because I don't have a current system collecting online leads. This was from like, what
0: kind of online lead on your listing?
1: And she came in from my Remax website where I don't know if she went to a particular neighborhood or how she ended up there. She registered on January 5th of 2020 and she closed on her house last week. So a year and a half. Now she called me at least once. And this is what I like to call raising your hand. If I have online leads that I don't have their phone numbers and that's the system I was using for a long time, it would just be an email and you were in there. I, they're set up on a search. They get a newsletter. The end for me, because I didn't have time to do any more than that. Now, if you raise your hand, that means you called me or you emailed me back or you asked a question or you did something that made it say, out of the hundred people, I'm the one. I'm the one who wants to know more. I'm the one who might actually need you. She called me at least once. We had a very long conversation. She's an older lady. Um, she had a very long story about why she was moving and we must have had a nice conversation. She um, was then put on a specific search. So I took her out of my Remax website. I put her into my MLS on the search based on what she told me. And for a year and a half, she on occasion would save a listing because on the back end of our MLS, you could see that. Like if she's saving something, sometimes I would reach out and say, "Hey." you saved house on main street, you know, do you have any questions or whatever? And we had an email exchange over this year and a half. One time she emailed me and she said, you know, I get a lot of listings from a lot of agents, but none of them are as good as yours. And I, that is it's huge because all we had one phone conversation where she told me what she wanted and I set her a very specific search. So if she got an email from me, she knew these are listings I actually might like. And when she got an email
0: from someone else online, it was just a bunch of garbage she didn't want. Well, like the, I told I think I've shared this story before where I had a client call a, a, a guy call me and he said, Alyssa, um, I actually have an agent right now, but I am looking to cancel that relationship and hire you. I said, that sounds reasonable. Do you mind sharing with me why this is happening? Like, um, maybe I don't business. want you. <laughs> You have to understand why they're leaving the other agent. He said, well, my current agent set me up on a search and I get about 25 houses a day and none of them meet my criteria. And it frustrates me because I'm trying to filter through all this garbage. Right. And I just feel like I never really hear from him. I just get this automated search with all these listings every day. And I'm just frustrated. And that really opened my eyes to, you should never be setting up a search for a three-bedroom, two-bath house under 250. That's not enough. No. I mean, I eliminate, um, for example, if I know it's a client that's looking for a house for 250, if it's over 2,500 or 2,300 square feet, it's probably a huge house that needs a lot of work. Yeah. So I set I set square footage um, parameters, yep. price location, obviously, I mean, what kind of things do you do to help filter out?
1: Um, location for sure. And if they are real specific about neighborhood or zip codes or like whatever they said, I do think that sometimes in my qualifying call, there are things like, are there non-negotiables? Do you need a garage? Like if you have to have a garage or if you have to have a one story house, or if you have to have, um, you know, a big yard or fenced yard, or you have to have Some, uh, you know, we can't do school areas, but you can do like, you know, general area. Um, I think location's huge. And you're right. Square footage is important. I ask them, what size are you in now? What size do you want to be in? What's too small? What's too, like, there is such a thing as too big. People who are looking Mm -hmm. for an 1800 square foot downsizing house are not okay with the same price house that's huge. They don't want it. They don't want the house. I use
0: age also. Yeah, Like, if they said they don't want new construction. Yeah, then you take it. Or they don't want a super old house. Yeah. You know, kind of narrow it down that way. And after I have their search set up, I email them and say, hey, I just want to let you know I did set up a search for you. I did my best to really filter it to only get good results. There may be things that slip through the cracks, but. If there's anything else that you see that I don't send you, send it my way. It's definitely a team effort. I think sometimes there'll
1: be things like flood zone that I can't search for. And I'm like, and I'll have to tell them, here's your search. I'm not able to pick yard size or flood zone or, you know, we'll do our best, but you're going to have to filter through them. Feel free to send it back and I'll check the flood zone. Like it's not a big deal. So if everything else fits, then we can look into that. Um, but I really think that's it. Honestly, location and square footage and then price. Also, I have a low parameter on price. If they tell me what type of house they're looking for and their budget is 250 I do not send them houses down to 125 they're going to be like, this is garbage. I don't, and also like, it's not the same quality. Like there's probably a $50,000 range where it makes sense for their budget. Right. Like I'm not going to send them a hundred thousand dollar range, unless they're in a higher price point. If they're in a, like the lows under 300, it's a narrow window that makes sense Mm -hmm. for what they want. Um, So that the bottom end probably helps with that a
0: little bit too. So I do have a few different searches saved by zip code. So if I get a lead that comes in that I've never, there are some that come in that have never answered a phone call, never answered a text, never answered an email. What do I do with those? I set them up. If I have their email through the website on a search for the zip code, they came in on. Yeah. I do it between like, 225 and 325 or whatever, like kind of the price range for that zip code is wherever you live. Yeah. Like the most popular price range. If you right. Want. Right. I do have parameters like size. I try not to like, I try to set it up for the most basic house mm-hmm. in that zip code. Right. And I set them up to get the email three times a week. Okay. Not every minute that a listing comes on the market. Not immediately, but every three days a week, they get yeah. an email and it usually has like 10 to 15 houses yeah. each time.
1: Yeah. It's enough for them to see you.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, again, these are people that have never answered. I've never spoken no. to these people. You can see in our MLS if it has ever been opened. Yeah. I don't get it sent to me also Mm -mm. These people are people I am not following up with. I have tried, I have called texted, and emailed. I now have them set up on a search. It is not coming to me. It is just going to them. Yeah. And in our MLS, when it's been 12 months, it says, do Do you want want to extend this search? Yeah. At which point I go and see, have they ever opened it? And depending on that activity, I just delete them. Yeah. And move on with life. Yeah, maybe I'll send one more email. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. But um, you, it's okay. Like I think that there are way too many classes out there telling us to harass the public. No, and harass your database. Yes.
1: Stop harassing people. Stop it. Don't touch people thirty-three times. Stop harassing
0: people in general. Leave them be. Yes, if they don't Um, seem into it. Right. And if you let them go quicker you open yourself up for
1: good opportunities
0: and reap. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You need to be a quick decision maker on these calls. Yeah. Just let it go. Let it go. I think that's super key. Um, I also
1: wanted to address, since I do feel like the most cold leads I get now that I'm not doing online or sign calls twice this year, I have gotten a sign call. I have said, They seem interested. We get through the conversation. I've said one was a brand new listing. One was couple like a month on the market. So it wasn't like they needed me. They could look it up. Um, I've said, do you have an agent? They have said, no, we do not. They have wanted to see it. I am a little more lax on the pre-approval requirements. If it's my listing and you want to see it and I feel like it's a service to my seller to show it, uh, I will maybe give them a freebie. Um, and so I went and I will tell you how long you have a first time to make a first impression in person, 27 seconds. So on the phone, seven seconds in person, 27 seconds. They'll give you almost 30. Um, that apply to open house. I think so. Any in person, like they walk in and you're there. Yeah. What, what if you you're doing? on your, what if you're on your phone? Are you friendly? Yeah. yeah. Did you smile? Did you open the door? Did you hide? You know what? And, um, the other one on first impression was online point oh five. 50, milliseconds on your website to get a first impression like could i not find the button did i not like the way it looked you're out so 50 milliseconds online 7 seconds on the phone 27 seconds in person but i give them the freebie i go this has happened to me twice in the last 6 months i go we seems like we have a good rapport everything is great they don't have an they do not have an agent but then i guess i'm good at selling the house they want to buy that house they, but they don't want to buy it with me because then I'm dual agent. And honestly, that doesn't insult me. Like that doesn't happen to me twice in the last six months. They're like, we want this house. But, and I, I'm like, I explain. like one, even asked me what dual agency was. I explained it, but look, I understand this, this the theory behind it. And some people are listening in States where this is illegal, it's weird to represent, I, I knew the seller first. So there's either two choices. I either like the seller and want the best for them or I'm annoyed with them and I don't. But one way or the other, someone's getting like more of your attention, I was. You say. know, I disagree. You don't, I just, I've done dual agency before. I'm not saying it can't be done, but I tell them and both of them were like, they got their own agent and I was just like, okay, there's nothing. I mean, I want to sell the house for my seller. And if that's what makes you comfortable, then by all means go. I mean, maybe I look sketchy. I don't know.
0: No. I genuinely believe that we all want the same thing. They want to sell. They want to buy. I'm ready for the closing. So to me, it's like this perfect, I would be dual agent every time if I could. I mean, it's just, it's I easier. love that. Well, I like and that you're I, so objective.
1: I'm I'm not afraid I'm of saying. very objective.
0: And I tell them too, I say, look, when we're in the negotiation part, I will provide the market data for you. And you let me know what you would like to offer and I will type it up. Well, yeah. And I mean I will that's present what I, it to the seller. That's and fine. Say, Mr. Seller, they would like to offer 250. What do you think about that? Okay, I will counter at 255. Mr. Buyer, they would like to 255. What do you think about that? Oh, you're okay, great. So it's kind of like I tell them that during the negotiation part, I become the messenger. Mm-hmm. I cannot share anything that the seller has said, right. or that the buyer has said, right, right, right. If They make the choice to counter again. I'm not going to say, well, the seller said he would take Yeah, two fifty three. Right, right, right. I don't say I just say I let them make the decision based on the data I have given them. Yeah, what their personal comfort level is. And then when we have inspections, I handle inspections the same way, no matter who I am, like, if this is a safety hazard, it's a safety hazard, whether I'm your agent. or. Oh, yeah, I don't have trouble.
1: I don't have trouble with it in inspections, or it's the it's the negotiation. It's hard, I think, because I mean, I want, I want my client to win if both clients, I mean, I understand it could be win-win, but it's not like someone did better in that negotiation. It's always a
0: win-win if you make it to closing. No,
1: it's not. Someone did better in the negotiation. Someone did look, they both got the outcome they wanted. So that's a win-win, but someone made 5,000 more than like some, somewhere, somehow somebody made out, financially better, even though the outcome was a win for everyone. I'm sorry. I just, it,
0: yes, we will agree to disagree.
1: That's fine. That's fine. So I'm just like, fine. If you want to go get your own agent, because you know what, maybe too. like part of me likes getting, I wanted my seller to do the best they could. And I also wanted that buyer to get the best deal they could. Right. So it's hard for me to represent both sides of that when I want my seller to make the most money, but I want my buyer to get the best deal.
0: It is kind of tough. For me, just for I me, think in that situation, I focus more on market value. Like, Mr. Buyer, what do you think after reviewing this data and based off of your personal finances? Yeah, but you know what, what do else you
1: need. We're, I mean, we're getting off on a tangent of dual agency. But the other problem yeah. is in a in a tough inventory market, both of those situations ended up being multiple offers. And I don't ever want to be the dual agent during a multiple offer situation because then I feel like my reputation could be tarnished with other agents. Yeah. Uh, I just, that feels like there's a slippery slope there. Okay. Moving on from dual agency. Um, So we talked about, oh, I have one other good story. Okay. Of my biggest closing ever, the largest listing, the largest listing I ever took was 2.4 million dollars granted it sold for a million dollars less than that 4 years later but i did sell it um they were a cold lead an online what yes an online lead in december of 2006 um i did not take that listing until 2015 he did not call me on the telephone he was in my system looking at listings and getting my email newsletter for nine years before he reached out nine years and he called me on the phone and we had a lovely phone conversation but Alyssa I was halfway through the phone conversation he's like yeah hey I I knew he was on my website because he must have like said his name and I looked him up and whatever and he's like um I have a house to sell and, you know, I'd like to, you know, get your thoughts on it. And he's telling me all this stuff about the things on the property. And I'm just like writing notes and I'm like just feverishly writing all these notes. And then all of a sudden he says, we had an appraisal done a couple of months ago and it came back at 2.4 million. And I was like, I just, I, I didn't even what? know. I was just like, what? Right. I was like, what? Like okay, and I'm like, well, I I handled it as I would have handled anyone before he said that, and so I continued after he said that. But I was just like, how is this even? So yes, a cold lead can turn into a great sale. I'm not saying that it yeah. can't, but I also waited for him to raise his hand. I was not harassing. In fact, he's the type of person that had I called him or emailed him every day, he would have bounced a long time before that, a yeah, long time before. So, lost them um, for sure. I feel like you have to be available and valuable, but also you can't waste your time on well, cold
0: leads. It goes back to just like reading people. Yeah. Do they yeah. want to work with you? Yeah. Can you follow up in a nice and humble way without sounding salesy and yeah. over the top and yeah. harassing? We don't want that. Yeah. And it is not a badge of honor to say I followed up with this person every week for three years. No. 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 No.
1: And if they said to me on the phone, something that made them feel like they hated real estate agents, or they've had a tear. Now, if they had a terrible experience, I would love to be the one that changed their mind about that. But if they are like clearly against it, I I don't really want to work with them. Like that doesn't sound like I don't want to come from a deficit. Like I would rather at least be neutral and like we can build up, but I don't want you to be like, I hate all agents. And then I'm like, just trying my best to convince you to like me, but no. No, right. Um, do you want to hear the last line of that Boomtown article? Yeah. You're going to love it. The article is all about how it takes, you know, six to 24 months and you've got to leverage your automation because you can't physically follow up with them that much. Uh, it said the last line Remember, your database is a powerful tool. Keep fueling it, keep working your pipeline, stay on top of your systems and trust the process. There you go. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Do you have anything else on your cold versus warm?
0: I don't think so. Do you know what I think this is this could just really be called cold leads. Cold leads. Yeah, because we didn't really even talk about warm leads. No. But that's kind of what we wanted to discuss because like these are people that are not in your database. No. They don't belong in your database. They will clutter
1: don't you actually
0: do need to talk to right right they right, need right. their own separate area that you are tracking if you totally, are a totally 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 you need they need to have their own space
1: Agreed. okay are you ready for a toast yep okay um let us see here oh 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 nope nope gotta go get someone with a name Uh, no name yeah that I had just the toaster name but not who it was I need to know all the names okay let's see about this one we got to know who you're toasting okay this toast is from Amy Steele and she is toast she is in I know you like to know she is in Grand Valley Ontario so a Canadian listener she is saying Oh, love the podcast. I've listened to all the episodes and your advice and encouragement has helped me get through the roller coaster that is real estate. Oh I was inspired by um, Alyssa's toast to her mentor, Nancy. I would oh. like to toast my mentor, Chris Reed. Chris was a dear friend who encouraged me through my real estate courses. And once licensed, he never stopped being my number one fan and helping me through the first year of my real estate career. Even though there was overlap in our networking circles, Chris helped lift me and my career up, including helping me get my first listing by co-listing with me. Oh my gosh, that's so great. That's so Chris, sweet. I know, super sweet. Chris, unfortunately, passed away in 2020. He left an amazing legacy of choosing community over competition. She oh. said, I hope to one day repay the kindness and encouragement that Chris showed me.
0: After Nancy passed away, someone messaged me and said, keep her real estate torch burning. That's right. That's right. So So Keep the torch burning for
1: Chris. Keep the torch burning for Chris. That was so great. And how nice that their spears crossed and he still like helped her. That's so good. So cheers. And um, we'll have a nice thought for Chris and yeah, keep that torch burning. I like that. That's a nice way to say Mm it.
0: Okay. Very good. Goodbye, friends.